a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Welcome to Sin City with Nick Menezes and Dane McLean. Live chat about everything cinema, from new releases, iconic films, and plenty more for you movie lovers. Live for CMRU.ca. And now, to the men behind the mic. MRU. I am one of your hosts, Nick Manessis. Today is a very, very special episode because today we'll be discussing Star Wars with two of the franchise's biggest diehard fans. Premiering on today's episode is Justin Holloworth and Joe Taminski. Hello, guys. How do you do today? Hello there. He's man. I know the feeling. Yeah, that's just Fridays now. <laughs> Definitely. So. Yes. Oh yeah, I know that feeling, man. So, first things first. How did you guys like today's Mandalorian episode? Well, I thought it was really good. Really good. You know, we learned about uh, the child's origins, so I found that fascinating from Ahsoka Tano. Mm, yes, finally. Oh, yeah. Three words. Grand Admiral Thrawn. God. Just keeps coming. <laughs> we find out that either Gideon or whoever it is um, is kind of acting as like a Darth Vader in this whole thing, and then maybe uh, someone is over, and then I was like... In this episode, I was just like, oh, so, uh, yeah, I guess I was right. Huh. <laughs> oh, and oh, Rebels, you know what I'm talking about. Of course. And of course, joining us today is your is our your other host, the one and only Dane McLean. Hello, Dane. Welcome back. Justin, I'd like you to meet our good friend and our host is here, Dane McLean. Dane, Justin. Justin, Dane. We definitely know each other from CMRU. I think some of our shows. Right, yeah. Right? <laughs> it's been a while, though. It has, yes. It feels like it's been years, honestly. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> yes. How's everyone doing these days? Uh, busy, but good. Yes. So, so. Same here. As good as I can be, I guess, but it's been weird, to say the least. Yeah, no doubt. Definitely, yeah. 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 But, otherwise, since it is still going, it's amazing. I'd love to hear that, man. Yeah. So, and soon the MURBF will be back, man. Don't you worry. So stay tuned. So, before we uh, get to, to now, let's jump start to today's topic. So, 
Star Wars, man, like this franchise has really, really changed over the years, I'd say. It's went from yeah. being one of a beloved classic to an amazing prequel series and to an amazing rehash. I mean, sequel series for sure. Loosely. Yeah. <laughs> so where do we even start? Let's start at the very, very beginning with episode one what are your guys thoughts on it like it's often considered to be the weakest film in the franchise uh your thoughts i mean the plot race on tatooine and like you know the the duel of fates you know obi-wan and qui-gon versus darth maul in the climax that's what like that's like its biggest redeeming qualities for me like that's what like prevents it from being like super boring or like the worst in the series in my opinion oh agreed yeah definitely your thoughts? Like, I've Joe. got a hot take about it because it's actually my favorite of the parables. Ooh, that's and new. Across the board, I don't like the creepers at all. Like, not even a little bit, really. And fixes everything. Um, but what it does is kind of explains the way that the, that everything works like makes without Phantom Menace the Empire and the way it works doesn't make as much sense because we actually get to see like as, as boring as it is the political stuff actually gives a lot of backstory to the original trilogy and just the way that things work out the way that the Senate and all this stuff like we actually see it boring and it's badly done but again, with Clone Wars and that, it's actually pretty cool. But yeah, like that's, that's me just like doing some mental gymnastics to try to try to give it some positive. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, yeah. But lately, this film has, especially after the sequel's fiasco, I think that it really made people appreciate this film even more, you know, give it more of a reevaluation, I'd say. It's not as good as the others, but still, like, yeah, not too bad at the same time either. You know? yeah. yeah, I feel it's like more of a basically to set things up for the prequels i'd say and it does aside from the duel of fate scene i think it does a really good job at world building things we've never seen before in the star wars universe and i'd like to talk a bit more about that scene you know the one the duel of fates like that i think personally it's my favorite and the best lightsaber duel in the entire movies i'd say it's very well choreographed i'd say the stunt performers really get top marks for this entire duel especially ray park yeah i definitely have it in my like top three overall in the series they top two actually behind uh obi-wan and vader on moot bazaar in episode three mm, definitely yeah Oh, I just, uh, it, it's in my car. Mm, yeah, like that, that double-edged sword. I bet many theaters were just ha oh, when they saw that. Like, just wow. I mean, yeah, if I was seen in theaters in 99 for the first time ever, I probably would have felt the same way. <laughs> Great, yeah. And what were your overall thoughts on this, Dane, my man? <laughs> 
a huge fan actually of the uh, political council meetings. I think um, I'm a huge C-SPAN fan, so I mean, seeing Star Wars C-SPAN was pretty interesting, actually. Wow. No, I didn't, I, I'm not a huge fan, <laughs> but I did like Phantom Menace actually. Um, for its, I guess it's, I guess at the time, I mean, my my age that I was. It wasn't bad at the time, actually. So, I mean, like it's that nostalgia factor that helps me to uh, appreciate that Darth Maul is pretty iconic. Just so bizarre. Like, Darth Maul doesn't not, does not even look like anything that I've seen in any other movie. Like, whoever created Darth Maul, <laughs> what were they on, honestly? I know. Right? <laughs> And just love also how Star Wars really takes its minimalist approach because Maul is only in for a few minutes and has barely any lines of dialogue and he immediately becomes one of the franchise's most iconic characters, probably the most well-known Sith outside of Lord Vader. If only he got a bit more screen time and had more relevance in the stories, am I right? (laughs) Clone Wars. And of course, the then there's episode two attack of the clones which or as i like to call it the one that made people hate sand <laughs> i mean yeah it's it's coarse and rough and it gets everywhere <laughs> <laughs> well hayden christensen well let's not put a lot of blame into him he actually did a pretty decent job with what he was given but what i'm really surprised is how he was able to say all that while also keeping a straight face as well (laughs) right but let's let's just get out of the way but attack of the clones is no one's favorite star wars movie because I think it's it's not bad per se. It's just it's a film that really needs a reevaluation. I think because I hear a lot from you, Joe, that the Clone Wars made the prequels, especially the first two, ten times better. The Anakin Padme scenes, like in the fields, uh, with the romance, like, it's actually really unique for Star Wars. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, we criticize it. For- for a lot of reasons but that, that was actually kind of unique I don't know if it worked like I think it, we didn't have the best chemistry on screen at all but like to see this sort of tranquil like date scene in Star Wars was something else they could they could probably do it better but that was interesting oh yeah for sure he executed yeah yeah that's something yeah that's one consolation from all this but but sand hating quotes aside let's talk about what really worked about attack of the clones for one i really appreciated ewan mcgregor's performance as obi-wan as he's playing space detective or galaxy detective in this case absolutely yeah that's the best part about the prequels in my opinion yeah ewan mcgregor's performance as obi-wan Mm, yeah, like he really. I'm so excited for getting more of him. Oh yeah, nice. Sad Kenobi show being announced. Yes. Something, but yeah, and then he gets to do it again. I'm just like, yes. Oh wait, the Kenobi series is a thing. Like it's on, on Disney Plus. Uh, it will. It's... Yeah, it will be at some point. Oh yes, finally. I know, man. Right, I'm excited for it. 
Nice. Yeah. We'll give it a look for sure. And of course, another thing about Clone Wars that it introduces us to one of the franchise's best characters, in my opinion, uh, Count Dooku or Darth Tyrannus. Like that fight scene with him and Yoda. God. Yoda pulling a lightsaber for the first time. Just wow. Amazing. Yeah, that is true. I forgot about Count Dooku. That got weird though, but yeah, that's good. <laughs> right. And again, just to plug it one more time, Clone Wars fixes some of the issues with character and the because if you if you notice, Attack of Clones is uh, if you're just watching it, it's kind of hard to follow. Like name dropping like Psychodeus and all this stuff they never tell you what's actually going on you're just like okay what do I care about this 10 years ago what, what what's going on uh, and Dooku and all that stuff but it makes makes sense because they give you the backstory finally so then Agabic does okay. with all that background course yeah but yeah like clone wars is a film that much like phantom menace it's a film that yeah really needs to get more appreciation and i think it still is given the nature of the sequels for sure as well and now we move on to episode three or as i like to call it the one uh with the most memes (laughs) oh yes yes all the good memes (laughs) Do it. Do it, yes. It's treason then. It's so over my favorite. It's over, Anakin. I have the high ground. You underestimate my power. Try it. Just like that. Like, this film, it's without a doubt the best in the entire prequel trilogy, for sure. It really tied everything together. You ever hear the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? (laughs) Yeah, like, that is actually a great memeable scene as well, because it really offered us a lot of lore, and it's one of the best non-action scenes in the whole franchise as well. (laughs) Yes. It also is easily the best acting in, from, from Hayden in the series oh yes yeah he's actually believable right there he's not like like I th- I th- and I think it's because they were given good material to work instead of sand <laughs> is it possible to learn this power not a Jedi not <laughs> that yeah and yeah, and Ian McDiarmid, as he really delivered as Palpatine, like even when the prequels were at their lowest, you can always count on him to deliver his best performance, playing a character who is just, well, having the time of his life being a deliciously evil character. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like I'd say probably like my favorite Palpatine part in that movie is like, you know, when he's giving his speech, at like the Senate after like he's scarred and stuff after Order 66 where you know he's announcing the Republic is now the Empire and just like his like energy and enthusiasm that was like the best part oh yeah definitely love that scene too so this is how Liberty dies with thunderous applause applause. (laughs) (laughs) yeah no, no one is matched for the Senate. 
Fuck yeah, Mike. Yeah, that's right. And that's. I'm sorry, yeah. you go first. Actually, we'll, we'll get to it later, so go ahead. I, I just have a joke. For sure, yeah, definitely. A few oh, yeah, can we hear it? So, and the thing some fans misunderstand about this episode is that they keep saying that Anakin became Darth Vader simply because he was passed up for a promotion and he was not given the title of Master. Like, come on. Just come on. How can you do this? This is outrageous. <laughs> it's unfair. <laughs> anyway, yeah, carry on. Yeah. And more to do with, yeah, saving bad way, I'd say. Because, you know, like, the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise. Mm-hmm. It's only possible to learn, you know, the power to prevent death from a Sith, right? Oh, yeah. Definitely. And uh, also about... Revenge of the Sith as well. I love probably the scene, my absolute favorite scene in this film would be Yoda versus Darth Sidious. Like that scene just, oh my God, forget episode nine. To me, that's all the Jedi versus all the Sith. Yeah, that part's good also. As yeah, like I mentioned already, I also love the Obi-Wan and Vader duel on Mustafar, the volcanic planet. Um, you were gonna say something, Joe? No, I was thinking of something, but I lost it, so no. <laughs> no worries, man. And yeah, and I'm guessing, of course, that the, of, at this point, the Clone Wars t- bridges the gap between Revenge of the Sith and makes it even more watchable and better. Yes, it, it really helps with you. You were talking about how the turning into Dark Vader is like there's more to it, even though, it, like, in the movie, it's a couple of reasons. But when when you have the context of that whole, you have a whole series to do. Oh, nice. I'm going to give it a look this Christmas for sure. That and Rebels, too. And that means we move on to where it really, really began with episode four, A New Hope. Like this movie, like I don't even know where to begin. It's just, it's a classic. It's untouchable. It basically set the standard for all blockbusters today, really. Like, yes. like what are your guys' thoughts on it? Let's start with you, Justin. Well, for a movie that was made in the late 70s, it was definitely ahead of its time, to say the least. Like, you know, it's amazing how, like, we filmed all the space battles and all, like, the effects and stuff without, like, you know, what we usually use nowadays, like, you know, computer animation and all that. Mm, Definitely, yeah. How about you, Joe? Actually, I'll echo that as well, just to quickly go back to the prequels, because something that a lot of people don't appreciate is the effects and they are super dated sure however we would not have Thanos without Jar Jar Binks because Jar Jar Binks is a CG character like that had never been done before all of the green screen work as like in Revenge of the Sith and Attack of the Clones you can see that their people their feet are not touching the ground because there is no ground that wouldn't have been possible if they hadn't tried it Um, Attack of the Clones was the first theatrically released movie to be shot in a digital uh, cinema camera never done before well uh, not counting like the dog movement 90s with the camcorders and whatnot but like it was the without that 
CGI characters wouldn't be as advanced as they are. Backgrounds, uh, artificial landscapes wouldn't be what they are today. Um, digital cinema would be totally different. And to bring that into episode four, kind of the same thing. The things that they did in it were built off stuff that had happened before. Ten years earlier, nine years earlier, 2001 came out, and it has a lot of the same things, and they took those techniques and just kind of bumped them up, created an entire new blockbuster in, like, the way the space battles work. Oh, yeah, definitely. Even in, like, the original... completely unedited... uh, version the special effects look really great not quite as good as they do in the 97 special edition um but it holds up really really well um, so it's it's just so really at the end of the day it's just really cool oh yeah definitely so you're saying this this the whole cgi in the prequels it's all a matter of just trying to do new things right they, the effects were across the board the whole series they really did the Yoda thing they just did it and if it didn't work out super great they just did it better next time oh yeah really definitely awesome. like they were right. just doing it that's right as a wise man once said do not do or do not there is no try <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Yes, that's right. And yeah, like A New Hope is just very revolutionary, I'd say. It was actually, of course, the first film I've ever seen in this franchise. I actually started watching Star Wars back in 2015, the same year that The Force Awakens came out. And I was already sold. I could not believe I haven't seen this franchise since then. Just, oh my God. Like, I'm late in the game, Joe. Fun fact about A New Hope is that Alec Guinness, the actor who played Obi-Wan Kenobi, he he actually did really good in this film. And the thing is, he didn't like Star Wars. He, in fact, called it, quote, fairy tale rubbish, if I recall correctly. And I mean, with them because it is, but it's so good at it, right? Like, there's there's room for fairy tale garbage, and I mean, that's that's what we like. That's escapism. That's like as as great as it is. Same with Lord of the Rings. Same with the MCU, if that's your thing, right? Like, it's all it's all relevant. But like, yeah, he was he was amazing. He, he, he's such such a good actor. And I think him and Peter Cushing being just being there gave it a, like an elevated, like uh, it legitimized it to yeah. the audiences in the 70s. As ever, people were used to seeing Alec Guinness and stuff like Bridge on the River Kwai and all that. And then Peter Cushing's Van Helsing and like a hundred of the Hammer horror movies and all that stuff. So people knew these guys. They didn't know anybody else and they had no idea what they were getting into. So it really helped uh, legitimize what was going on as well as, I'm sure, as soon as they got them signed on, that it helped out with making the movie in the first place. Because... <laughs> Yeah, there's a, there's a really good documentary. Um, I forgot what it 
talks about that stuff and how it was kind of had a troubled production, especially in the, um, in Egypt in Africa where they were shooting. It was like a disaster out there. No one knew what was going on. Everything was looking stuff like that. And just having those guys around helps it out so much. And it's funny because if you go back and watch it, you can't tell that people were like, what is this? They committed all the way. Oh, yeah. It shows. The final result is spectacular, really. Yeah. In fact, so great, it's still being imitated even after all this time, still. <laughs> in the Remind Your Force Awakens? Not today. We'll get to that soon enough. <laughs> but yeah, also, while some people can keep saying that treat Vader as though he is, you know, the big bad of this film, but personally, the main villain for this film anyway would have to be Tarkin himself because he's the one pulling all the strings. Like, he's probably one of the most underrated characters in this whole franchise I'd say no doubt yeah said something about how I should have known that you were holding his leash or something like that's exactly what he's doing he's he's, he's so cool I love him <laughs> definitely yeah and shout out to the t- sorry shout out to the Tarkin book it's great oh well, I've heard of it yeah I think I'm, I'll give it a read for sure <laughs> And then that leaves us to what is probably the best, single-handedly the best from the whole franchise, Empire Strikes Back. Like, this film, I've had a bit of an inner debate since 2015, and I still do. I can't decide which one's the better film, A New Hope or Empire. Like, it's kind of tricky for me, I'd say. Like, it's, like what are you guys' thoughts overall? <laughs> Let's start with you, Dane. Wow, that's a big that's a big question between those two. I, I honestly kind of lean towards a new hope a little bit more personally mm-hmm. just because I don't know, I think that was my introduction. So I think you kind of latch on to what you're really amazed by, like the first time. And then Empire Shakes Back I can't speak Empire Shakes Back is just like a really good follow up to that, basically as good, if not in some ways better. But I don't know, I'm always kind of I'm always romanticizing the movies that I was first introduced to, like of a franchise that I really like, or the the original. So I'd go with A New Hope personally. Mm. That's sort of a movie that you know everything else came out of that, and I was basically creating a new genre. Well, not really a new genre, but just like reviving space opera, but in cinema, like it wasn't really done in film before Star Wars so I think um, yeah I've got to go with A New Hope it's like the, my favorite and arguably a little bit better than The Empire Strikes Back but that's, that's mm. you can't really say that I guess like they're pretty much the same I don't know just personal preferences I guess oh no worries man I get you like yeah I kind of tend to it's a new hope is the one that really stuck with me more. It's the, like the one that introduced me to this world full of droids, Sith Lords and Jedis. And it may, I think the one that started it all usually tends to be the one that hooks you the most, I'd say, even though Empire Strikes Back is still great. Most of the iconic stuff is there, but I tend to lean towards a new hope even more. So how about you, Justin? What would you say? I don't know, in my opinion, yeah, I like Empire 
Empire Strikes Back more because yeah, like you mentioned, all the iconic scenes are there. Like you know, the Battle of Hoth, Yoda lifting the X-wing fighter out of the swamp, and of course, you know, Luke and Vader's showdown on Cloud City and the reveal that he's his father. Right? Mm, that's right. So, I am your father. <laughs> that's no, right. That's not true. That's impossible. <laughs> no, right? That's so it's so iconic. It's I everyone I think I think that twist is already well known at this point, you know, where Vader tells everyone who's your daddy. <laughs> And how about you, Joe? Where would you say you lean towards more, with A New Hope or with Empire? I'm with Empire because, like, there's nothing I can say that's negative other than Carrie Fisher's um, British accent um, about A New Hope because that's literally the only negative for me is that she's like, she starts off British and then halfway through, she just drops it all together. It's hilarious. Um, but I, I, I can't knock a new hope for anything, but what empire does is it takes the world that was built in a new hope. Um, and it kicks off the story for the rest of the series. That's where we get pretty much everything. That's where we get Yoda for the first time. Again, all the iconic stuff. It all comes from there. The Imperial March came from there. Like everything, everything we generally think of comes from Empire. Definitely. And oh, yeah. the fact that it just ends. I, I'm so glad I did not see it in theaters in 1980 because I would have been so cheesed at that cliffhanger. They're just like, what? That's the end? And people were they they were like, this is garbage when it first came out. But um yeah, I, I would not have I, I would not want to be there just three years of waiting to figure out what's next. But yeah, it, it's it's like as close to being perfect at what it's trying to do that you can be. Oh yeah. Very Definitely, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those. All right. Also, Boba Fett. Oh yeah, yeah. Like for the most, one of the most badass characters in the whole franchise, and he only has a few lines of dialogue. Just, wow. <laughs> He's got like a total of two minutes or something. Wow. Maybe, yeah. He became like one of the most classic characters. Like, I think that that in itself speaks to what that movie did in particular. Oh yeah, definitely. And of course, you're forgetting something else too. This is the film that also introduced us to probably the big bad of the whole franchise, the Emperor. Oh, oh yeah, Emperor right. shows up for the first time. Right. Yeah. Except in the original, original, if you guys remember, it's mm -hmm. in the completely unedited one, and I think the '97 special edition also. It's a completely different Emperor. <laughs> yeah, I'm like Clive yeah, Revel. <laughs> With a totally different voice. It's like a they like glued a bunch of things to this guy's face and just made him say that is like of the things I, I'm not a fan of the CG add-ins that George did in the early 2000s um, that is one that I think is really really needed <laughs> definitely <laughs> when they turned him into the into Ian McDermott for that it was I was like okay there we go continuity's fixed again yeah like that we got the Emperor for the first time agreed yeah and he was spooky yeah yeah definitely like watching Vader kneel was just like a shocking moment because you'd think that 
you that he's the main villain of this whole franchise but there's someone pulling his strings as well it's just amazing really i think wow yeah, yeah like this film like in empire strikes back is like darker like the dark side of the force was really strong with this one the effects that they do in um, specifically Hoth is insane. That's stop motion. I love that wild shot of uh, it's the interior one of the speeders and it goes under the legs and the behind the scenes you'll never be able to unsee it because that's all miniature and they swoop the camera down in the motion control thing where the guy who just lifts up the ATH <laughs> so the camera can fit under. So try watching that shot without thinking of the, the dude just sitting there going <laughs> it's hilarious give it a look for sure yeah and of course and yet another iconic moment where Han gets frozen in carbonite which leads us to probably right. the most romantic exchange in film I love you I know like god the feels <laughs> the feels That's, uh, I love it god uh, it's just amazing like it's, yeah I, if I remember correctly that wasn't scripted I'm pretty sure he was supposed to answer normally, but then he was just like, I know, just a very Harrison Ford thing to do. And so great. So great. Also, speaking of Han Solo, we got the first non-force using character to use a lightsaber. Mm. And he cuts open that tauntaun. Oh, yeah. Love that scene, too. Yes. Oh, something that I never realizes as cool as it actually is because we never see that oh no no yeah no but like there's there's just so many things about to say about empire because it's so great that even today no any star wars movie no matter how great or how different it is none of them were able to top the amazement that was empire strikes back i think that's when star wars has reached its peak and i don't see it being surpassed anytime soon no and and that brings us to episode six or as i like to call it the one with the ewoks yeah like yeah like the the ewoks i i had no problem with them because a lot of people didn't like them they felt they detracted from the main story but personally i didn't find anything wrong with them they were also kind of cute well until baby yoda showed up of course i think having grown up with them makes a difference because I, I, I love them they're awesome but I can definitely see how like someone who was a diehard fan in 83 went and saw that and was like wait the teddy bears did this like I've grown up with it it's just cool especially knowing what they do to the guys under the armor oh yeah definitely <laughs> The reason there's no bodies inside that armor at the end when they're beating them like drums. Ooh. Ewoks get up. <laughs> Screw, yeah. Yeah, and and also 
like probably the at its core the return of the jedi it was re despite its few just a few nitpicks i think it really wrapped up the original trilogy in amazing style especially with the whole skywalker family drama that, that entire yeah. scene on the second death star mm, i loved it the whole confrontation between em the emperor luke and vader i think that was what sold the film for me yeah, I love that. Like, strike me down with all of your hatred, and your journey towards the dark side will be complete. That's wow. And this film also, well, while he didn't appear in Empire, this film really brought for showed us the might of the Emperor. Like, you'd think that you wouldn't think that the most powerful being in the galaxy would be this frail old man but once he starts zapping you with force lightning you were wrong but yeah like this really brought it really brought the whole franchise to full circle because if you think about it the first six films of the skywalker saga they're all about anakin he's even george lucas says it that it's the tragedy of darth vader tragedy of darth vader that's right it's it's like classic greek tragedy shakespearean soap opera <laughs> Just, this is so good exactly yeah. and, and the way they wrap it up just bring it full circle is really cool yeah it's such a great movie I, as much as I think it wouldn't have worked I would still like to see what David Lynch would have done if he actually mm. did say yes to directing it because George met with him and they had a conversation David Lynch had absolutely no interest in doing it because it's David Lynch he doesn't care about franchise stuff but oh. I would like to see what he would do just for the sake of seeing it it, it doesn't have to be canon but I want to see David Lynch do something Star Wars yeah it would be surreal for sure knowing the man <laughs> yeah I'd love to see that too yeah and about Return of the Jedi, like it was a great movie, of course, but uh, just one nitpick I had was, I think I'd have some people agreeing with me, but the opening scene, like it was great, you know, with the whole Jabba the Hutt, but I, it felt... Yeah. It felt like it took a bit of a long time to start, but once the Sarlacc pit sequence starts, that's when the movie goes right back on track, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, I just found that, yeah, Jabba's Palace sequence was, like, just too unusually long and stuff. Mm, yeah. The the thing I like about it is that it fulfills the purpose of having like a cantina scene like that's the first time we see Twi'leks that's the first time we see Orans in the background stuff like that we get a whole bunch of new aliens and all that but it also lasts about 10 minutes too long and there's that like really awkward like musical number and Yes. Yes. Special editions, but it wasn't great in the first place. Um, but I mean, yeah, the Max Repo band is is still iconic. 
so I can't I can't bash it, but yeah, that that whole sequence is a bit long. However, the purpose that having Han Solo in Carbonite and that whole thing in the first place was because they didn't know if Harrison Ford was going to come back. He, he had he didn't want to. So they like kind of literally put him on ice to see if he'd come back. And if he didn't want to do it, they would have just been like, yeah, he's gone. But, um, yeah, it, it, so that, that was, they had to bring him back in. So it, they had to do it. But they did it. Like just cut a little bit out of there. Maybe cut the musical number and maybe it'll flow better. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Agreed. I think yeah. I think so too. If there's another thing that whole Jabba the Hat Palace brought us, would of course be our first glimpse of the golden bikini. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also, the first glimpse of Jabba the Hut. Mm-hmm, yeah. For people who are fans of the original original versions, because oh. that scene in New Hope is just a deleted scene that they CG oh, Jabba yeah. onto the actor who was oh, playing Jabba. Yeah. Oh, that looks a human being, but. Yeah, which would have been so cool in 1983. I wish, I wish I could have seen that first. Oh yeah, like that CGI scene looked kind of off. I'd say. Yeah, well, they just tag put it in there because they went, ah, let's put it in there. Like it doesn't do anything wrong, but it also doesn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, but it's 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 a the sail barge scene is super cool. As soon as they once they leave the palace, really, the movie just picks up and takes her takes off. Mm, yeah, definitely agreed. A, a slow paced beginning, but that's totally fine, of course. But yeah, overall, Return of the Jedi was an amazing finale to the original trilogy that wrapped things up in spectacular fashion and left yes. us wanting for more, or so we thought. So (laughs) now we're done with the prequels and the original. So now here comes the hard part, guys. Let's get to the sequels. Episode seven, The Force Awakens, the the one that rehashed everything. So Force Awakens, Mm, I don't know where to start with this one. Well, let's just say... What are your guys' thoughts on that firsthand? Let's start with you, Joe. Uh, hindsight is twenty twenty, really. Um, I was so beyond excited when it was announced. Mm. Uh, the trailer looked great. The trailers looked great. Mm. I, I was I was ready. I'm a pretty easy sell when it comes to Star Wars. Um, and I saw it, and I loved it. Then I thought about it, and I liked it, and I thought about it, and I thought it was okay, and then I thought about it, and like every time I thought about it, it just got a little lower. Like, when I, when I was in the theater, IMAX, 3D, I was like, this is, this is cool. This is so cool. And then slowly over the, over the months and years, I was like, actually, wait, not so much. Yeah. (laughs) Agreed. Yeah. I remember back then in 2015 when people were actually excited about seeing Star Wars again. I watched the trailer of Force Awakens last night and it feels like a man watching his wedding videos after he got divorced. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 
because <laughs> if you go back and watch that trailer, it still looks great. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm still interested to see that movie, but uh, then I realize I can see that movie, and I'd rather not. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, Another guest star. It's like, yeah, you, you you nailed it. It is. Can't we do anything else now? We already did it twice in the last. <laughs> I know, was, right? Like, that's, that's a complaint people have about episode six, that they just went, and another test star. In episode six, it's, it's fine. I, I can see the point of, like, not a, someone not being a fan of it, but it's fine. And I think everyone kind of agrees that it's a great movie anyways. But when we get to episode seven, it's just like, okay, come on. <laughs> And I think I think the biggest problem is that JJ, who says that he does not like the prequels, and he's completely ignored them. And sure, the prequels are not well-made movies; they're not very good, but they're still part of it. People still love them. And they tell a lot of, like, most of the story is really in, in those movies. And they're just like, mm, we're going to distance ourselves so much from the prequels that we just do the originals again. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts, Dane, on The Force Awakens? Yeah, pretty similar to to Joe actually. Like, I really, I really loved the experience in theaters. It was really exciting. It was like, oh, this is back. Star Wars is back, and it's better than what I thought the 2000 films were at the time. And I mean, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it again since I saw it in theaters. But I, I really enjoyed it, and I walked away from theater feeling pretty satisfied. Excited about seeing the, the scheduled. Um, like the next productions that were scheduled like years in advance and I was just wondering like what can they possibly do they have so much planned this is going to be interesting and Careful. I just I haven't even seen any of the the next ones like I I was I was into The Force Awakens but I wasn't into it enough that I could I also heard a lot of like lukewarm reviews about the most recent ones so I never really felt like going to see it any of the new ones but um yeah, I like The Force Awakens, so like it was good. But I don't know about watching it again, like how I'll feel, but it was good for the time and place, twenty fifteen. It was exciting. But yeah. I don't know if it'll hold up hold up as well. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Hard to say. Careful what you wish for, Dane. <laughs> but yes. And and again, like with the with the context of the T V shows, those were also completely ignored when it came to the, the sequels. Mm-hmm. And like there's so much material in those um, that are we'll get to it that are finally happening in a really exciting way. So agreed. Yeah. Well, The Force Awakens was far from a perfect film. Like it was a, yeah. a basically a new new hope, but. I'll give it credit because it did a good job of, you know, reintroducing Star Wars to a new generation of moviegoers, those who grew up with the franchise and those who are, well, new to the franchise. I think it really succeeded at that. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, it definitely brought me back. I'll give it that. Definitely. It's true. Yeah. 
it's true. Yeah, it was a great cinematic experience, like in in theaters. I just don't know if I'd watch it at home. I just don't think it would translate as well. Per se, I haven't done it yet. I can't verify that, but I don't know. It's it'll be interesting. I, I have to come around to the other ones, like um, what, what came after that. That was oh, my tongue. My tongue. That's um, Last Jedi. Yeah, I haven't seen mm-hmm. Last Jedi. Good for any was okay. Was okay, right? Like, what do you guys think? Well, that's what we're getting to right now. The Last Jedi, or as I'd like to call it, the one everyone hates. Really? <laughs> Too extreme, but yeah. <laughs> well, critics loved it, but fans were at best divided by it. And at worst, just plain hated it. <laughs> like this is gonna be this is gonna be probably a long episode for us. But I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts on the Last Jedi. We'll start with you, Justin. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm among those that didn't like it. Just it, it wasn't good. Like if you compare it to the other movies. <laughs> well, very honest. Yeah, nothing, there wasn't really any exciting moments so yeah maybe the closest thing to it was you know luke versus kylo and the climax mm, yes yes i'd say that's was pretty sweet. i'll give it that and the uh the uh lights mm. i was like oh that's cool um you know, it, it breaks everything. Like it breaks a lot of uh, lore and whatnot. Yes, yes. But it's it still really cool. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think. Last year was uh, interesting because when I saw it in the theater, I was still kind of riding my episode seven high. Not quite come down from just being back into the franchise again, and I was like, "Oh, this is so great!" Because. And I'll, I'll die on this hill right well, for now. Um, mm-hmm. That Last Jedi is easily the best shot, um, best looking, best effects. Um, it's also second worst. Uh, it's where, like, after I, I really liked it the first time I saw it, except you know, five minute out of nowhere garbage mm. uh, even first time but I think the rest of the movie I thought was probably the first time and then again I thought about it and I thought about it and I went wait this is bringing down episode 7 for me bringing itself down even more uh, but I will die on the hill that it is the best cinematography in Star Wars oh yeah agreed on that one yeah it's it's amazing I say visually like you said Joe but it disappoint on a narrative level I'd say the, the sequels have the exact opposite problem to the prequels where the prequels have a really great story but they're not executed well and there's the effects are as as much as they did to change the way effects work they're still kind of like they don't hold up um, sequels on the other hand are very well made um, but the story is abysmal like they're, they're pretty to look at there's a lot of screensaver like 
desktop background shots in in the sequels. But that's about all it has to offer. Mm, I'd say, yeah. Yeah. It's on a much higher level. That's it. Well, well, you're honest, so I'll give you that. But yeah, like, here's... I'm not trying to peg the blame on anyone here, but Ryan Johnson, he's, he's a great director, definitely. It's just that Star Wars was not meant for him, I'd say. Kind of like with David Lynch and Dune, in a way. Yeah, I think... I think actually, yeah, that's a really good place. I kind of bet Turn of the Jedi would have ended up like sequels if David Lynch actually did it. Having a great director, a great writer do something, just not, it's not right. It's really not right. <laughs> I can just imagine Eraserhead, like Yoda in the radiator or something like that. That would, that would, thing i do however in a way respect ryan johnson for trying to take risks and doing something new with the star wars saga instead of it being basically a, a back to basics to a predictable formula yeah you're, you're right I'll, I'll give him that true. yeah he did he did kind of try to save it from just being a remake of Empire. Um, like, it's very different from Force Awakens, but kind of to its detriment. Mm, yeah. it's, 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 it's a really weird, weird case. The whole, the whole sequel thing is just kind of bizarre. Mm-hmm. Understatement. Yeah. And of course, um, The Last Jedi, what Star Wars fans really, really needed to see was their hero that they've grown and admired for so many years throw his lightsaber away like it's some kind of joke. God. Oh, my God. Just God. Like Star Wars, it has funny moments. It has humor. But the humor in Last Jedi, it felt off. It felt like something that fit more in a, an MCU film than a Star Wars movie. It really yeah. just it didn't work for me. Um, I'm, I'm one of those people who, to this day, doesn't not like Crouchy Luke. I think that's actually a pretty good development. Not, not throwing, but the way he was, I actually kind of liked. I liked that he was just like this old guy who was had seen too much and was just hiding. I thought that was cool. Um, but yeah, the way the way the humor was, it, it felt prequely in a bad way. Mm, yeah, definitely. Like 
it's like seriously it's a star wars film not a marvel movie it didn't it detracted from all the dramatic moments from this film i hated that so much Yeah. yeah and but at its core i also let's enough division let's talk about one of the what we really enjoyed about the last jedi like for me i considered the scene where yoda talks to luke and tells him that failure is the best teacher i that scene was really heartwarming and inspiring and just really brought a lot of nostalgia to those who grew up with the original trilogy like even after all these years yoda is still taking luke to school even after all these years it's amazing yeah i I respect it i respect it I can respect it, maybe, is, is a better way to put it. <laughs> um, yeah, there's, there's, there's cool parts. Uh, I just wish they really gave more attention to the characters, who they are, right now, what they're doing. Mm, yeah. What's your favorite scene from The Last Jedi, Justin? A favorite scene? Um... Yeah, yeah, I'd say maybe, yeah, like, that one too, as well as maybe, yeah, like, Kylo versus, like, Luke's spirit, or... Yeah, I'd say the same as one of those two. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I was in the theater, though, I would have said the uh, the lightsaber fight with the guards. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, yes, that one too. I forgot However, about that. However... Yeah, go on. Watch it again just watch it again and look at the guys in the background it is some of the worst fight choreography i've ever seen in my life oh yeah they, they really focus on the uh, actors like it's, it's almost like they tried to not use stunt performers because you've got guys in the background like swinging their arms it's it's they're waiting for their turn a whole lot there's cool moments like the lightsaber through the eyeball the guy getting shut down that thing like yeah it's cool but when you start looking at it again, it's like, ooh, ooh, oh no. <laughs> but when I was in the theater, I, it blew my mind. Yeah. And yeah, like it gave us some a new kind of duel. Like we've never seen a dark side and light side user team up. It's more a versus than in team up. Right. Yeah. It's the first time. Yes. Yeah, so we've seen you know, someone from the light side fighting alongside someone from the dark side. That's right, yeah. We've never seen anything like that before until then. Great, yeah. yeah. Loved it. Just that scene, it made up for most, some of the questionable moments in The Last Jedi, for sure. Yeah. yeah. No doubt. Yeah. And I do respect how they just killed off Snoke. I, I, was, in, I was into that because I was like, okay, cool. This is where episode nine can get interesting with Kylo Ren. And then, you know, Mm -hmm. they definitely did that. Oh, they did. (laughs) In a way. Yeah, I just finally killed him off too quickly, though. Yeah, yeah. With, with, like, we have no idea who the guy is or was. Mm. Exactly. I I like how, like, I like that they did it, but they should have, again, focused more on the characters. Because then it would have would have been something it would have been a cool moment if- yeah that's, that's what i consider one of the movie's weaknesses yeah mm, agreed yeah well to be fair it's more kylo ren is more like the 
you know the focus the main antagonist i'd say like it's more yeah. about him not about snoke yeah but still that's, yeah that's true yeah and still honestly i think adam driver is the ewan mcgregor <laughs> but ewan mcgregor yeah. prequels adam driver kind of does for the sequels because he's he's great mm, yeah he does a good job with what he was given like a really good job agreed yeah definitely yeah. yeah and now we move on for more division with episode nine the rise of skywalker or the one that really didn't please anyone <laughs> that genuinely hurt me like <laughs> god uh I really had mm, somewhat high expectations for this film. I just went to see it for two reasons. One, how the Skywalker saga will end. And two, to see the Emperor get his new groove again. But yeah, just like, what were your guys' thoughts on the rise of Skywalker? Let's start with you, Justin. Mind it and stuff. But one thing that really like puzzled me was like, how on earth did Palpatine come back? Like, correct me if I'm mistaken. He was thrown down a reactor shaft in Episode Six, right? So yeah, for me it doesn't make any sense like how he came back. But all in all, like I thought it was like an improvement over Last Jedi. Mm, that's a really, yeah, that's many people's opinion too. That it's much better than the Last Jedi, slightly in a way. <laughs> Yeah, there's more exciting moments and stuff like that. Mm. What about you? Sorry. Oh, yeah, definitely. What about you, Joe? I have lots of thoughts about it. Oh, I bet you do. Um, so I was pretty excited to see that Palpatine was coming back because of the uh, Thrawn trilogy of books from the 90s. Mm. Uh, the, cloning and resurrection of Palpatine has been in Star Wars lore for 30 years. I just wish they explained it because you have to go, first of all, you have to have played Fortnite on a specific day to get some story. Like, are you serious? Um, and the novelization of Rise of Skywalker fixes it a little bit because it explains what's going on because that is not Palpatine. It's a clone of Palpatine with his essence in it. Yeah, yeah that's what I've like, they, heard too about that. Yeah. yeah they, they didn't bother explaining that. They just go in the movie, oh, somehow Palpatine returned and it's oh, like, okay. God. If, mm -hmm. if you're going to explain it and explain it well, also it's been yes. explained in uh, legends and like in the, in the in the books and stuff. So, uh, give you a hint, JJ. Read the books and stuff like that because you can pull really cool things from the old expanded universe that would fix it. Which I think we'll get into in a minute. But I think that's what's going on. Um, but I uh, the. The thing that I like about Force Awakens, like one of the biggest positives is it has great pace. That movie just keeps moving and moving and moving a little bit, maybe not enough time to breathe, but it does, it moves really well. Um, Last Jedi, not as much. Rise of Skywalker, 
it's trying to fit an entire trilogy into two two hours 15 minutes or whatever yeah sounds a shame Mm -hmm. like it just it goes way too fast it's just boom 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 new place yeah that's another thing i don't like about too fast it's it, it just it doesn't hold on anything um and it really does a disservice to a bunch of the characters except for Kylo Ren. Like, it does a huge disservice to her, right? Because she was, we had no idea that the series wasn't finished, so we didn't know her full story. So they could have done something really cool. Yeah. Instead, they went, actually, you're the daughter of a failed clone. That's why you're powerful. And it's like, hmm? You, you, you could have figured out something a little bit more interesting than just going, yep, you're related to the big, like, a main character. They need to, they, they need to realize, or that they needed to realize that there's so much more that they could do. And they were, they were tunnel vision on the original trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what, and then the, uh, the identity theft at the end made me roll my eyes in the theater. Like, no. <laughs> no, right? And and to your point, Joe, like it's it's just that watching Rise of Skywalker, it makes the entire sequel trilogy look well bad by hindsight. Because if you look back and watch it all over again, you'll notice each film feels very inconsistent. Like they keep contradicting the other. There never was any clue or indication that the Emperor was really back. They just planned it at the seat of their pants and just dropped him out of nowhere. They really like, I know the prequels were not really the best Star Wars had, but at least they had an outline, a plan for how they wanted it to end, which is Anakin being Darth Vader. But with the sequel, no, they really didn't have a plan for how they wanted this whole trilogy to be. It's disappointing, mm-hmm. really. Consistency in world building and the sequels have no consistency and no world building is the way I see it. It's just, it's just disappointing all around. Exactly, yeah. And also it's really disappointing and funny at the same time how many important plot points can be found on YouTube, Fortnite, and the wiki, but not in the movie. Just why? Why? Also, I don't understand certain things about sequels overall, but especially in Rise of Skywalker. They're going after a Sith Wayfinder, and it's like, uh, I hope you guys know that that's a holocron, actually. It's like, it's, they're yeah. sitting there at the computer going, uh, well, actually, they, they just, did they not know? <laughs> they had to have known, because the design is the same, and it serves basically the same purpose, but why, why are you changing the names of the things that have been in, in the lore for years? just out of nowhere God, like that's a tiny nitpick with the holocron in particular but it's like what's the purpose they could have just they really could have cemented if they had brought the sequels into the lore and connected it back to the lore they could have been bad but given us lots of jumping off points to expand and make better like the uh, prequels did exactly but the yeah. they'll lock themselves off exactly there's not a lot yeah. of to build off of it oh no not at all yeah and and also about 
Rise of Skywalker, like I know that The Last Jedi wasn't was no one's favorite Star Wars film for sure, but it really retconned most from The Last Jedi. I found that it's a bit disrespectful, like as a huge take that to Ryan Johnson, simply because it's the least popular film in the saga. It just it didn't sit well with me personally. Yeah. If if JJ had just embraced what Ryan Johnson had done, I think it would have been a lot better. And I think it would have possibly made Last Jedi a little bit better too. Like if you just rolled with it instead of trying to go, uh, no, I like my new canon that I'm making up on the seat of my pants. Like it, it's it, watching that trilogy feels like too filmmaker or one guy going this this is something and another guy going not a big fan and then the same guy coming back and being like no you better like my stuff like it just yeah. like two guys yeah it's anyone telling exactly yeah it really it really shows that it shows that it's a clash between two directors and i hear that colin trevorrow was meant to direct episode nine is that correct that is correct he got fired and the script that he wrote is really cool it has it's not great because it was building off Last Jedi but that's also what it was doing it was building off of Last Jedi there was no Palpatine in it all this stuff it was actually it was was quite interesting it was bringing the characters into new places Uh, Finn was going to be in the movie (laughs) um uh, Kylo was going to be absolutely bonkers. There was supposed to be like they were supposed to go back to Coruscant. There was going to be like it was supposed to be nuts, and I would love to see that. But what I really would want is newly found uh, original sequels that George had talked about a few years ago. Yeah, his outline is really cool and ties into the shows, ties into the prequels, ties into the original trilogy. It would have been a really interesting sequel trilogy. Oh, I bet. They yeah. used George's, George's outlines. Yeah. Yeah. George. And, and Maul was supposed to be the main villain. Mm, yes. That would, that would have been a much better better interesting story too like no wonder Lucas hates the sequels because they kept ignoring his ideas shame just shame yeah, and his his, uh, his white slaver comment it's just like oh that's that's bad oh he does not like Disney mm. well shame just this is and really yeah it's really not a great way to end the skywalker saga it just felt underwhelming for sure just so rushed a mess really overall i was trying so hard to convince myself that i liked it (laughs) after seeing the theater that was the first time i saw a star wars movie in the theater Hmm. actually first time since attack of the clones i saw a star wars movie in theater and walked away from it going hey (laughs) wow no way i remember being like in the theater in attack of the clones going that was interesting and i was like five six or something and i remember being like that was interesting and then this time i was just like i liked it right no (laughs) 
I know the feeling, man. Yeah. All right. I think there's been enough division for a few minutes. Now let's get to some of the good stuff made by Disney. Let's start with none other than Rogue One, which is probably the first and only good movie Disney has ever made in the Star Wars saga. Your guys' thoughts on it? Let's start with you again, Justin. Yeah, it was it was good. Yeah, it was okay. It was good. Just, I mean, the only issue I had with it really was like the underdeveloped characters that we were like introduced to out of nowhere and stuff. Mm, well. Overall, like, wasn't too bad. Like, I agree. It was a good for like a movie made by Disney and all that. Mm, agreed. Yeah. Well. The characters, I can forgive because they're not going to, spoiler, they're, they're not going to stick around for a while anyway. Yeah, they were. Yeah, it wasn't like they were. Yeah. yeah. Have you uh, seen Rogue One, Dane? I have not, actually. No. <laughs> I should by now, but I haven't. No worries, man. No worries. I was do it. You'll love it. Oh yeah, it's much much better than the sequels. Yeah, I guarantee it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been wanting to, but I just somehow haven't. But um, yeah, it's it's interesting. Like from what I've seen in the trailer, um, it definitely looks good. I think it does. But I can't I can't comment too much on it. No worries, man. Like it's really a combination of old and new. It really brought back all the elements that made the original trilogy so great. And it, it introduced us such interesting characters as well, especially the the droid, um, correct me if I'm wrong, on K2SO4, what's his name? Just uh, K2SO, yeah, like a draw. He's probably a great character, and the one character who has more personality than the actual human characters. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like Rogue One. I think it has a really messy first act. Um, oh. it, it goes over to Dango. <laughs> Um, it has a really messy first act where it jumps around to a few too many places. Characters are really underdeveloped. Um, but then it ties into, uh, ties into Clone Wars and Rebels in a really cool way with Saw, uh, even though that tentacle thing was weird. I don't know what to think of that. Um, so it, it does that. It connects to prequels through its connection to Clone Wars and Rebels. Um, Darth Vader was awesome in it. Mm -hmm, yes. Addition of Death Troopers is cool. Uh, and the effects were really cool because I'm pretty sure they did it CG, but those Star Destroyers look like models. Mm, wow, I did They really that. look like models. It looks really cool. It looks... It looks correct. It does. Everything looks very real. It, it's dirty. It gets the tone right. The cinematography is amazing. Oh, yeah, definitely. The uh, Donnie Yen is pretty cool. Like, again, these characters are super underdeveloped, but they all have cool moments. Mm. Yeah. And also just seeing 
Donnie had in Star Wars is such a exactly yeah I'm one with the fourth the fourth is with me that that scene was so cool yeah yeah I think it, it, it's got for, for a movie with such oh admittedly actually the opening scene is really great but the, for for a weak opening act it has such a redeeming third act mm. like that is such a great space battle and seeing those guys in the unused footage from a new home some of those pilots um who show up again like this is gold leader like he's back <laughs> um and even though it looks a little bit sketchy at times they couldn't have made that movie without Tarkin mm, yeah. like it doesn't look the best all the time but oh, just wow. having him in there if like if he was gone it wouldn't feel right mm, so, oh, yeah. definitely yeah that's right yeah and of course let's talk about the true elephant in the, in the room Darth friggin Vader like a lot of oh, yeah. just hearing James Earl Jones voice the character after what 11 years was oh so cathartic just loved it yeah and he appeared in just you know once in that scene earlier but just when you thought he'd been wasted he's back for what is probably the one of the most <laughs> iconic fight scenes ever the whole oh, scene love that scene. when when that happened i lost my mind <laughs> i was like oh oh because i someone i was asking a friend of mine i was like oh how is how was rogue one because i didn't get to see it on day one i saw it on day two um and he was like Oh, it's cool. And I was like, Darth Vader's in it. I saw that in the in the uh, trailers. Just tell me if they if they underuse him, do they overuse him? I want to know if it's if it's underused or overused. It's going to be one of those. And he goes, you'll see. And at that moment, I knew something cool was coming. And then as the movie was going along, I was like, we only got the one scene. And then it happened. That's what he was talking about. That's all I needed. Yeah, it's like that scene and Falkor uh, make him. Oh yeah, like that hallway scene felt. It really felt like something straight out of a horror movie. It really emphasized the power of Darth Vader. Like mm -hmm. fantastic. Uh, like, like I, I love that a shot of like uh, getting that guy up on the ceiling and then just like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's just, oh, yeah. yeah, as you said, you don't know the power of the dark side. Just it is kind of funny doing Rogue One and then immediately into A New Hope mm. because you go from <laughs> that hallway to two two dudes poking <laughs> each other with sticks <laughs> in the span of a couple of days, but. That's just. Oh well, that that's easily excusable, of course. Yeah, like, totally yeah. excusable, but it is it is kind of funny when you go right into it. And you're just like, Ooh. oh yeah, and being super badass. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> and for more good stuff on Disney, the other one is The Mandalorian. Like God, I have. It's the way. Exactly, yeah. I have spoken. Yeah, this is. God, I don't even know where to start with this. Let's start with you, Justin. Oh, uh, it 
it's definitely one of the best creations in the series and stuff, you know? Like, I know it's just, like, a side story, but, yeah, no, it, it's good. It's definitely one of the best creations, you know? Oh, definitely, yeah. Like, and I feel like, yeah, if it weren't for the child... Uh, wouldn't it have been so popular slash successful? <laughs> right. <laughs> like that when he and Rita do the magic wavy thing, like that scene. Oh, he's he's so adorable. He's so adorable. Like just mm. wow. Like at its core, it's more of a story. I love how they went with something different. It's not a space opera or a family drama. It's something more down to earth, which is a story about fatherhood, I'd say. Yeah. It's exactly what the whole thing started. Like it's a, it's a Western and it's a thing. Like it's the two things that created the whole series is it's, it's actually doing it the field um, and that's just it's just so cool to see some of the things that they're doing with it great yeah yeah and it really like, it, I'm almost like to me the the real the real story is in like it's the perfect trilogy is a thing now where episode one is Clone Wars, episode two is Rebels, and episode three is Mandalorian. Yeah. It's the same story. It's just continuing it now. And with that in it, it just makes watching Mandalorian so much better. And you have all all the other TV shows because it's that's almost the bigger story. To me, it's almost the main story at this point. Like the movies are almost the side quests to me now. But that's, that's me. I know it's not actually that way, but like the way I look at it now is that the TV shows are actually giving you the main story. It's all the big ideas and almost the, the side quests are like the movie at this point. Oh, yeah. All those characters are just so much, they have more time to develop them. Um, stuff like that and Mandalorian's continuing with that Ooh. love your take on that yeah and I think Star Wars can be good again return to its former glory if it stops focusing on the Skywalkers like it's called it was called Star Wars in the beginning it's not the Skywalker saga and two the future of Star Wars would be much better if it was on the small screen no longer on the big screen like you said that to me this morning Joe yeah well that's just because of the episode from today I, I to me movie Star Wars is dead TV Star Wars is where it's at it's that's that's where the future of the franchise is um the Filoni verse is real it's, it's happening that Obi-Wan show kind of confirms it and I think um I could be super wrong on this but I think what they're doing is having the Mandalorian be a jumping point for a whole bunch of different series with a bunch of different characters who are meeting either for the first time in live action, for the first time in canon, or the first time in general to get their own stuff. Um, and that's really cool. Like Cobb Vant from the Aftermath novels is canon now. Well, he was canon before, but he's live action now. Um, the way that 
certain other things. I won't spoil anything, but Thrawn was from the extended universe that like heir to the empire that the, that trilogy of books is amazing. And the fact that they brought him in to Canon is amazing. And the fact yeah. that and the live action now is super exciting because he's, he's, I think the best villain in star Wars. Like, well, because he's, he's he's actually smart. <laughs> like Palpatine's smart, but like Thrawn is intimidating, smart, and wow. just ruthless at the same time. Wow. And he, he's not a magical guy. He's not a space wizard. He's just a really intelligent, scary dude. Mm. And he made, I believe, he made his debut in Rebels. Is that correct? And okay, you already do know. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Rebels canonized him. Yes. Rebels canon, and we got a name drop. So either he's coming, or who knows? Like I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> I don't know if he's al even alive. Because again, the, with the episode from today, there are so many places they could be going. Given the way that Rebels ends, which I won't go into because I know you haven't seen it. Um, there's so many characters they can bring in so many characters they can just focus on um and i do want the show to stay as the mandalorian not the, yeah. the mandalorian ahsoka show even though i would be very okay with having her in every single episode from this point out yeah me too. Yeah, also like ah because she's my she's my number one star wars character Ooh. like and that would not have been the case in 2008 when the worst movie came out. Agreed, yeah. It's true, yeah. And this is, um, today was actually my, the first time I actually got to know Ahsoka Tano. I've yet to see the Clone Wars especially, which I'm sure she's the protagonist and will flesh her character even more, both here and in the Clone Wars movie as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, can't wait to see that as well. Have you seen Clone Wars and Rebels? Um, um, I'm currently watching uh, Clone Wars. I've never gotten around to Rebels. Okay. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's such a weird thing because it's... My experience with it is like I was so resistant to it because I was like, oh, it's just a dumb kids show. And <laughs> it is. It, it okay. absolutely yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some of the things they do with it, just for, for the story and everything, like, oh, man. And Rebels as well. It's a little bit toned down from Clone Wars. It's not as, like, a lot of people die in Clone Wars. Mm. Um, Rebels is a bit more Disney. But when you get into season one and two of Rebels are kind of like the same way that season one and two of Clone Wars are, where it's like, eh, it hasn't found where it's going yet. Then season three happens. And then yeah, same same with Clone Wars, how it starts off super rough. And season seven's amazing. Mm. Oh, seven seasons of the Clone Wars? It's amazing. Ooh. The, the last four episodes of Clone Wars is like up there with Empire. Wow. Because you can edit those episodes, that those that arc into a movie because it's about two hours long if you edit them all together. And it's one of the best Star Wars movies if that was to happen. Wow. But that's only because the first six seasons happen. 
wow. through their highs and their lows. And the lows are really low, but the highs are so monumentally high. <laughs> yeah. just excited for Mandalorian. Wow. Because of uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a look. Definitely this Christmas. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I have spoken. And since we're done talking about the whole, all the Star Wars through the years, it's time to get to your guys' list. What are your top five favorite Star Wars characters ever? You, Justin, take the lead. Obi Wan Kenobi is one. The other four, I like Luke Skywalker and C-3PO, I like him, he's funny. And the other two, no, I haven't really, not going to lie, I haven't had time to think. But yeah, like Obi-Wan is usually the first guy that comes to mind. Um, who else? Yoda, I like Yoda. And then... Sorry. No worries. Good timing. We were <laughs> just, no worries. Good timing too. We just came to our ranking on our favorite characters. I've been here. Don't worry. And now we move on. I'm excited for this. To you, Joe. What are your top five favorite Star Wars characters ever? Number one is Ahsoka, which is it's it's not even a take at this point because there's so many people who are on that boat, but I am proudly on that boat as well. Uh, his second would be Maul. What they do with him is, it's just so cool. The way that they go for, again, like I said earlier, like one of the most, him and Boba Fett are the two most wasted characters in Star Wars. Agreed. Yeah, and just what they do with him is so cool. Uh, and of course, General Kenobi. You can't argue with that. He's, he's, he's great. Yeah. Yes. Hello there. Love. <laughs> General Kenobi. Uh, terrible, famous impression. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's for me. It's Ahsoka Maul, um, Obi Wan, Yoda, and Thrawn. Because of those books, and then because of the way they brought him into canon, he's my he's my favorite one. one of, he's my favorite villain because I I can't even really call Maul a villain, but he's a villain. But he's not the bad guy. He's 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 nuts. <laughs> so good choices. Yeah, nice choices. Nice choices. Two of my three of mine come from movies. Three of them are from expanded stuff. Ooh, nice. Excellent choices. So good. And now you're next, Dane. Oh, it's so hard. Five, just five. Wow. I might have to do like pairs of people that are commonly seen together. Like, for example, C3PO and R2D2. I could say either one of those guys, they're pretty cool. Um, maybe C-3PO is a little bit more memorable but I love them both Um, probably Boba Fett I would say yes Um, just he's just so cool like he's just scary badass 
at least in the like in the originals he was scary um and i had like a lot of his a lot of merchandise with him when i was a kid like wow. little toys Boba fed toys that was i don't know why i was just into that like assassin character yeah. at the time it's pretty interesting uh and then um yoda definitely yoda um, what, what, what can you not or what haven't we said about yoda already right like he's just he's just the best um probably princess leia and solo kind of either one kind of takes them as a team to them and i think i have way over yeah it's way over five <laughs> but that's probably it i was gonna throw in a joke and say like no i should have just said it instead of say, saying it was gonna be a joke but like i don't know some like lesser scene character that's just as memorable like jar jar i know akbar <laughs> it's I, a love, I love it's a i love that character. <laughs> i mean for being so memorable like you have to give one of those guys some some credit jar jar is pretty memorable even though he's just a horrible character he's, he's really memorable there's a, uh, a really really great couple videos on youtube uh, um i'll send them to the chat uh it's these these guys who are huge huge fans if you've seen bly manor uh you'll know who rahul Kohli is um he's he's there and a couple other guys but they do a a, a thing where they're doing a live stream and one guy has a copy of the script. They've only done it with Phantom Menace and Tag of the Clones so far. Um, one guy has the script. The other two have to re re uh, recite the entire script from memory. And every time they make a mistake, they have to take a drink. Oh. 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 They were so good. They did the entire, like, first hour of Phantom Menace without a single problem. It's so funny. And they do the voices and everything. Like, they even uh, bring in one of these. Uh, <laughs> Roger, Roger. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah. How did you do that? I can tell I'll draw it. Uh, you should have done that for the whole episode. <laughs> but yeah, you guys did that video, those videos, because they're whole there. And it really, really, um, so the place of those two But it's all. It'll do, man. And, um,. I guess that just leaves me for the list of my so mm -hmm. for my number five this has to go to Princess Leia like she is probably one of the strongest female leads characters in recent memory like even when her planet Alderaan gets destroyed and everyone she knew dies along she doesn't let that bring her down she still continues to fight for the rebellion to keep fighting for liberty and also kudos to Carrie Fisher who delivered us one of the most beloved characters not just in the saga but also in cinematic history rest in peace girl. 
At number four, which is a pretty controversial choice for some diehard fans, I'm going to give this one to Kylo Ren. Like, he is... The sequel trilogy may not be the best, but we can all agree, as all of us here, that Kylo Ren really brought it on he really brought this whole trilogy on his shoulders he's really a very complex nuanced character like and they, i love how he, they, he made the character his own without it being a retread of his old grandfather vader just really amazing yeah. yeah like they're both opposites i'd say like vader was tortured by the dark side but kylo ren was tortured by the light side and i love that interesting dynamic to this character and that's why he's here on the list yeah the, the thing about him that's really cool is that if they were like to have like a dark side villain no matter what it would have looked like kind of a like a Darth Vader ripoff so what did they do they went there's a guy who's just obsessed with Darth Vader <laughs> yeah <laughs> is a Darth Vader ripoff and he, he, he knows it he wants to be that so that's what I love that I really do. Mm. at number three is a character who is not from the movies but from the shows this one goes to Binjarin aka the Mandalorian or simply known as Mando just like exactly yeah like I I like Luke and Anakin but, but Mando is probably my favorite protagonist in the whole Star Wars saga I'd say he's a different kind of character he's more an anti-hero someone who's on the gray side of on the gray side of the moral spectrum for sure like and Pedro Pascal the actor who plays him he does a really good job playing this character and showing a lot of emotion despite having his face hidden away for the majority of this series yeah yeah and of course he wins the award for best single dad ever stop eating those eggs there's not food <laughs> exactly yeah his yes. competition for best single dad in Star Wars is Sheep Baby. Exactly. No, in, in last week's episode, put the red wire where the red one goes, and then the blue wire, and then he connects them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like at first, I was like, "Why is he getting him to do it?" And then I was like, "Oh, right, because he couldn't fit in that small face." Small face. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Marvel thing with action. Exactly. So well done. Yeah. At number two, speaking of single dads, this number two will go to the best dad ever, Darth Vader. Just (laughs) exactly. (laughs) I find your lack of faith disturbing. (laughs) God, like this. He is, he had to be on this list. He's like the mascot of this whole franchise. One of the best movie villains of all time. Yeah. And much like, I love how they went with the route they went with him. He's went from being just a typical bad guy to one of the franchise's most complex, nuanced and three-dimensional characters. 
It's so well done. James Earl Jones got delivered an amazing vocal performance as him. And he he's also such and as bonus points, he's also such a great boss. He really knows how to motivate his fellow employees. Yeah. You have failed me for the last time, Admiral. Exactly. Uh, He had to be on this list. Just fantastic. Like Vader, he's not really a villain. He's more of a victim, I'd say, according to George Lucas. Like at the end of the day, he just wanted to save the ones he loved. That's pretty noble. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. So, and my number one will go to none other than the Senate himself, (laughs) the Emperor Darth Sidious. Like, he, wow, such a great character. Like, he is the main villain of this whole franchise, not Vader. Like, just love it. Yeah. Like, in fact... He's probably like there have been many dark side users in the story, but none of the, but unlike them, Palpatine has just no redeeming qualities. He's just pure evil. In fact, Ian McDiarmid even said that Palpatine is far more evil than even Satan himself. <laughs> yes, such such good casting. They lucked out when they found it during the Jedi. And I I love how he was like thirty or something, turn of the Jedi. And then by the time the prequels were coming out, he was the right age to play the younger version of the character. Exactly, Exactly, yeah. Ironic. Yes. Loved it. Yes. Oh, and the joke I was going to say and completely forgot was the uh, I'm all the Jedi scene. He should have just replied, but I am the Senate. Exactly. Yeah. That would have made Rise of Skywalker a pretend great movie. Oh, yeah. If he, if he, if he did that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Definitely. And that. Did you get to do it in Rise of Skywalker? Oh. Oh, I think we might have got a quick do it. Exactly. Well, exactly. Good, Anakin. Good. Kill him. Kill him now. Do it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that's why he will always be my number one. None other than the Emperor. Just such an amazing villain for sure. And Ian McDiarmid really has the time of his life playing the character. Even if you didn't like episode nine, we all can agree he really delivered a fantastic performance as the Emperor or the Senate. Yeah. I am the Senate. Yes. <laughs> and looks like that's all the time we have left on today's episode. Thank you, Justin, Joe, and Daniel for coming here on today's very special episode. Yes. So thank you guys. That was so fun. It was. Yes. Yes. And don't forget also to use your aggressive feelings. Let the hate flow through you. (laughs) 
Yes. And until then, this has been Sin City with Nick Manessis and Dane McLean, with our guests debuting today, Justin Holloweth and Joe Taminski. We're expecting more episodes with you guys soon in the future. Until then, have a great rest of the weekend and may the force be with you. May the force be with us all. Bye.